Good to be here back. Thanks for having me. And um, I want to talk about, uh, like the other day I talked about um, 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 grieving. Um, that was a couple of Sundays ago. And uh, one of the emotional concepts that I teach often is grieving, bitterness, anger. And uh, these are things that I would normally teach the youth in my facility. And every time I teach those lessons, which is a pretty much quite often, I always am reminded of how important these biblical responses or biblical solutions to these emotions that we have are important. And I learn something and I am reminded of how important these biblical principles are to me personally. And so today I want to talk about anger. I want to talk about the emotion of anger. And so if I may, that's what I like to do today. And so anger, often we, when we hear that word anger, it's a negative but I also want to say that anger in itself is a God-given emotion. God gave us that emotion for a reason. And it's okay to be angry. As a matter of fact, we should be angry at times. I don't know about you, but I could turn on the news and get real angry real quick. <laughs> crazy things going on in our world today. Okay, and really bad decisions made by our leaders could get you really angry. How many of you are with me? <laughs> okay. Yeah. So that's emotion that God gives us for a reason. Okay. I'm angry about this and it's okay to be angry about it, but it should cause us to react properly. What you do with that anger is important. And a lot of people do the wrong thing with their anger instead of the right thing. Maybe the right thing would say, okay, I'm angry about this situation. How could I change it and make a difference in a positive way? And so that's what we should do with our anger. When you think of, you know, abortion or something, an innocent baby uh, being killed in a womb or whatever, that might get you angry. And it's okay to be angry about that. Maybe we should be angry about that. And more people should be. But what do I do then? Do I go bomb an abortion uh, clinic? No. Okay. But there's positive things that you could do, like vote or, you know, do something for children. I don't know. Or for there's things that we could do with that anger in a positive way rather than a negative. Does that make sense? So, again... Anger in itself is not nothing wrong with it. Uh, anger is a natural God-given emotion. But anger becomes a problem when it's misdirected, uncontrolled, uh, wrongly done, or inappropriately uh, acted upon. Uh, we do an inappropriate act. So what does the Bible say about anger? And it talks about anger. Uh, just in my bullet here, I have anger should come slowly and rationally. 
or it may lead to foolish decisions. Okay, so slowly, rationally, maybe like you might say sensible in a logical manner, think things through uh, before we act. Okay, and when people don't think things through, they just act. And that's usually when it's misdirected or uncontrolled or it's wrong or inappropriate. So what is the definition of anger? The Bible says in the Webster's 1828 Dictionary, anger is a violent passion of the mind. Excited by a real or supposed injury. So it's something real that happens to our mind when we're angry. It's not imaginary or anything like that. It's something real that happens in our mind. It's a passion of the mind excited by something that actually happened or could be supposed, supposedly happened. How many of you have been angry about something that it didn't even happen? You learn later, oh, why was I angry? It didn't even happen. But at the time you assumed or you thought or you were still angry about it. And um, so anger comes. Um, and so we need to be, okay, I'm angry. I need to think things through. I need to be rational. I need to be logical. And what am I going to do now? The Bible states in Proverbs 25, 28, He that hath no rule over his own spirit is like a city with broken down walls. Or broken down and without walls. That's what the Bible says. So what it's saying is, if you think of a city in the Old Testament or Bible days, um, they had built walls around these cities to protect themselves from what? The enemies. You don't want the enemy to come in and take over, pillage, whatever your city. So you built walls around the city. But if there was a breach in the wall, if the walls were broken, the enemy could slip in. Um, he could come in. And so a person who cannot control, a person who cannot control their temper is like that city without walls. Which means we're defenseless when we're in that anger, uh, uncontrolled anger situation. And so, of course, be uh, me working in the prison system. I often think and tell the youth, um, a person who cannot have self-control um, will eventually end up in a controlled environment. Makes sense, huh? <laughs> okay, because you're going to get in control somehow. So I often tell them, you know what? You need to have self-control. Don't be like that city with broken down walls uh, because you become defenseless at that point. You're very vulnerable. You don't want to be vulnerable. I often use the, the illustration of a 
thermometer, thermostat. Okay. And I'll tell the youth that, you know, we want to be more like a thermostat rather than a thermometer. A thermometer is controlled by the what? The environment. Thermostat, what does it do? It controls the environment. So let's learn to be more like a thermostat where we don't have others pushing our buttons, controlling us. Rather, we have self-control. I learned to control myself. And so, again, we need to have control over our anger, how we react, even how we feel. The Bible does say we should, there's times to get angry, um, but we should always have that anger in control. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26. Be angry. Oh, there's room to be angry. God says be angry. Be ye angry. But then it says real quickly, and what? And sin not. Sin not. In other words, have control over that anger. Because you could do some sinning, or you don't have to. Sin not. It says, let not the sun go down upon your wrath. I like, I'm glad that's in there because it's teaching us that, okay, we're angry, but deal with it. Deal with it properly. Because a lot of us and a lot of my youth that I work with and we could apply it to our own selves that we could stuff anger and never deal with it. And that's very unhealthy. So let not the sun go down on your wrath. So I believe the Bible's here teaching us, let's deal with that anger in a proper way. Instead of just not doing anything with that anger. So deal with it. And the way to deal with it is, and we'll give you some biblical principles now how to deal with that. Oh, the apostle James. Uh, well, let me read this verse in Philippians chapter four, verse five. The Bible says this. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Again, the Bible's teaching us here that we ought to be live our lives in such a way there's moderation in our lives. It's a real dangerous way to live. And we know people that way that live this way and it's not healthy where they're either really high or really low in their life. They can't control their emotions. And that's a dangerous way to live. It's not healthy. So somehow we need to get moderation in our life. Moderation in our life. And God could help us with that. With God, all things are possible. So as a Christian, the Bible tells us we need to live in that moderation, uh, 
and let people know that you're moderate as a Christian as far as controlling your emotions. Um, the Apostle James talks about the need to control anger. In James chapter 1, 19 and 20, it says, Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, <laughs> be better listeners, and slow to speak. Slow to wrath, anger, wrath. There's wrath is anger. For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. So there we are. Uh, slow to speak, slow to wrath. <laughs> How many of you understand our mouth could get us in big trouble? <laughs> okay. It does me all the time with my wife. And so uh, we need to be better listeners and slow to speak. doesn't mean you can't speak, but just think. And oftentimes we do, we say things and we hurt people. And I get it, I do that. Uh, but a lot of times we have to remember, hey, wait, let me think before I say something here. Or how am I going to say it? I want to say it the right way. Um, so, and then of course, it says slow to wrath, slow to anger. Whoa, 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 you're angry? Think, slow down. Let's deal with this the right way. Be angry, but sin not. Let's see how we're going to deal with this anger. And don't stuff it. Deal with it. But do it the right way. And so what is the right way? Um, number one I have here or the second point might be, or whatever you might write. One of the ways to deal with anger is forgiveness. Forgiveness. I don't know. I grew up saying, hey, if you curse me, I'm going to curse you. <laughs> if you punch me, I'm going to punch you. That's our natural human reaction, right? For most of us. But... As believers, God tells us to do things differently. Okay. And a lot of our motto is, you know, I don't, uh, you know, we want to get even with somebody. And that's the way naturally we would think. Let's get even. I don't get mad. I get what? Even. Okay. That's our motto. But that's not biblical. Okay. And so we need to learn to forgive to forgive uh, people who are quick to forgive are not likely to allow the emotions of anger control their actions. So forgiveness, that's a biggie forgiveness. Psalms 119, 165 says this great peace have they which love thy law. Then it says, and nothing shall offend thee. So as Christians, we need to love God, love his book, and not be easily offended. 
And I tell the youth all the time, you know, some of you walk around, the saying is like with a chip on your shoulder. You're just waiting for somebody to look at you different or even glance at you different or, uh, you know, just whatever. And we're ready to explode. That's not a good way to live. It's not healthy at all. Matter of fact, that's why a lot of us are incarcerated today and they'll shake their heads. That's exactly right. Because I don't know how to react. And I said, one of the things as believers, God asks us to do is forgive, to be at peace with others. And great peace have they which love thy law and nothing shall offend them. Um, so I went to a Christian college and we played intramural sports, you know, within the college. We had teams and we'd play basketball or softball or even flag football or whatever the sport may be. And our athletic director in the college made every athlete memorize that verse. Great peace have they which love thy law and nothing shall offend thee. So there's nothing like competitive sports where you'll see the true spirit of somebody, huh? Because we're competitive and we hate to lose. And you'll see, it's funny how some of these bigger churches, they'll have church leagues where they'll play other churches, sports or whatever. And you'll see people that you think, man, they're so spiritual, but you put them on that basketball court. We'll see how they, how spiritual they really are because they have tempers, right? And they don't want to lose. And you'll see things that you never thought you'd see on the athletic field with some of these church leagues. I say that funny, but it's true. We need to be at peace. Uh, we need to be not easily offended. Um, another verse we find in Proverbs 19.11, the discretion of man deferreth his anger, postpones it. Okay? He doesn't have to get angry. He says, okay, I, I don't like this. It's not a good situation or a good thing that's happening right now, but I'm going to postpone my anger. I'm going to put it off. I'm not going to deal with this. And the Bible says, the Bible says this, the discretion of man deferreth his anger and it is his glory to pass over a transgression. Overlook it. Forgive it. Forgive it. Proverbs 19.11. Just forgive. Yeah, you offended me, but I'm going to forgive you and then go on. Easily said, a lot harder to do, but that's what exactly what God wants us to do. Don't be so easily offended. Pass over that transgression. You don't have to deal with it. You don't have to get even. I know it seems uh, unusual, but that's exactly what God, he tells us to do the unusual things sometimes. Um, anger makes you smaller while forgiveness forces you to grow beyond what you were. We need to grow spiritually and part of growing spiritually is learning to forgive others. Not be so easily offended. 
learn to forgive. Principle one, forgiveness. Well, two. The first one we would say is have self-control. Secondly, tonight we're talking about forgiveness. Um, the great example that we have. Hey, Christians, who's our example? Jesus Christ. What an example of forgiveness. Never has there been anyone more mistreated than Jesus Christ. Yet while dying on the cross, he cried out, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. I don't have to explain to you when Jesus was dying on the cross or when Jesus was uh, that uh, the before he died on the cross, there were some terrible things done to Jesus. He was beaten. He was stripped. Uh, he was whipped. His hair was ripped out. He was uh, stripped naked. He was nailed to the cross. Talking about somebody that uh, gone through a terrible, terrible situation. But yet he says, forgive them for they know not what they do. Jesus is our example, Christian. If Jesus forgives us, ultimately it was because of our sin that he went through that on the cross. And that's not even the beginning, just him being on the cross and uh, paying for our sin is huge. Um, but he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. The truth of the matter is we're all sinners. And we come short. We come short of the glory of God. Uh, we don't deserve forgiveness. Um, but Christ forgives us. If you know him as personal savior, he forgave you of your sins. If he forgives us of our sins, we don't have to pay the penalty of sin, which is separation from God. For the wages of sin is what? Death. But the gift of God is eternal life because of Jesus in forgiving us. If we got what we deserve, Christian, just a reminder, the Bible tells us in Revelations 20, 14, and 15, and death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. I'm so glad that Jesus forgives us. Um, God has mercy on us and forgives us of our sins, then maybe we could forgive others for sinning against us. We should be able to forgive others. Matter of fact, the Bible talks about forgiving others. If we expect God to forgive us, we should forgive others. So again, the great principle of dealing with anger is forgiveness, learning to forgive. Um, 
I often, often use that forgiveness with the youth that I work with because some of them are hanging on to things in their life and they hang on to them and hang on to them and never release that. And you're never able to grow or go forward if you're hanging on to that bitterness or anger. And it just destroys you. So you need to forgive. I'm not saying what somebody did is right. I'm not saying they shouldn't be punished or whatever. But I'm saying is, hey, if you're going to go forward in life, if you're going to mature, you're going to have to let loose of that and go forward. We need to forgive Every once in a while, you'll see it in the news or something where there's a crime that was committed and, um, and then the family will come and testify, uh, at the hearing or sentencing of that victim. And many a times, and you've heard it and you've seen it where the victim's family will say something like this in court. You know what? I forgive you. And they'll often say, I'm a Christian and I have to forgive you because I have to go forward in life. And if I stay here and if I'm anger and I have bitter in my life and uh, grief in my life, I can't go forward in my life. So as a believer, I need to release it. I'm not saying they shouldn't be punished. What they're saying is in order for the victim to go forward or the victim's family to go forward, they have to forgive. They need to forgive. They don't have to, but they need to forgive. And so forgiveness is a powerful thing. And it's so important to learn to forgive. Um, thirdly, have an attitude of a peaceful resolution. The Bible warns us to beware of the potential of the danger of anger. We are instructed in Romans 12, 17 and 18, recompense no man evil for evil, provide things honest in the sight of the Lord, honest in the sight of, I should say, in the sight of all men. If it be possible, as much that lieth in you, Live peaceably with all men. I'm sorry, I kind of messed that up, but recompense no man evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. If it be possible, as much that lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. So living, living at peace. God wants us to be peaceful people. Uh, do whatever it takes to live at peace. It's another foreign thing that we're not used to. Forgiveness? Render man, render, uh, no man evil for evil? It's not natural for us to do that, but God is telling us to do the supernatural and in doing His principles rather than uh, what we think is right. If it be possible, live at peace with others. In that same chapter, in verse 21, that says, 
Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. (laughs) Not only is he saying uh, live at peace, but be good. Be good to others, even be good to that person that offended you. Let's live at peace. Um, And that's an important thing because if we just do whatever and fly off the handle and do, you know, I think about my own life and I have a family, I have three kids, I mean two kids and I have a job, I have a career, I have a ministry and I don't have just the freedom to fly off the handle. I have a lot to lose. So it's maturity, right? Being responsible. Uh, living as responsible is learning to forgive and learning to live at peace with others. Uh, somebody crosses me, uh, my, uh, in the road and, and, you know, and I get angry and I do just like you do. And, uh, but okay, it's not worth dealing with. I'm just going to get home. I'm hungry. I want to get to where I'm going. I have to get to work. I have to do whatever. It's not worth me chasing that person or getting angry at them and trying to track them down and all that stuff. It's, oh, well, the truth of the matter is we accidentally do things to other people that get them angry. So we want them to forgive us. We ought to learn to forgive them. We ought to learn to live at peace with others. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 31 says this. The Bible teaches us how to treat those who've angered us. This is what it says. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Get rid of it. Because if we don't, you know, anger is like an acid. It could do more harm to the vessel in which it is stored than anything on which it is poured. Don't hang on to it. Pour it out. Get rid of it. Don't live bitter. Don't live with wrath and anger and clamor or evil speaking. Put it away. Throw it out. Live at peace. It's hard to do, but that's what God wants us to do. God is right. Everything he tells us to do is the right thing. He knows what's best for us. Um, Doing good to others, even if they've done harm to us, You know, the Proverbs 25 verse 11 says this, a word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in pitchers of silver. The word of God teaches us that we can control our anger through the words we speak when responding to what others have said or done to us. By controlling our anger and overcoming evil with good, we are able to heap coals of fire on the heads of our enemies. So we need to learn Um, even if they treat us bad, let's do our best to treat them like a Christian would treat or be like Christ-like. And God will take care of the rest. And then the, 
the last point that I have tonight is have an attitude of patience. This is really good here. Another biblical truth for controlling anger is to be willing to leave vengeance up to the Lord. <laughs> the Apostle Paul writes in Romans twelve nineteen, Dearly beloved, avenge not yourself, but rather give place to unto wrath. For it is written, Vengeance is mine. I will repay, saith the Lord. It's a great verse here. He's just saying, you know what? You're angry. There was wrong done. And I see it. Nothing gets past God. <laughs> he sees everything that's happening in this world today. No, nothing is going to be when we stand before God and, and we say, Oh, I, Maybe I could hire a lawyer to cover this up. No, nothing's going to be covered up. Okay. Everything is open to our God. He knows every harm, every good, everything that's been done. And the principle here is vengeance is his. He'll take care of it. But I want to take care of it. They did me wrong. Boy, I'm angry. I want to get even. I want to show them. And God says, be patient. I'll deal with them. How many of you found out that God deals a lot better than we do with situations? <laughs> we, I've learned the hard way many a times. And I think what God is teaching us here and wants to, us to know is there's some things in life that, you know, we just, most things and all things, just give over to Him. Let Him deal with it. Let Him take care of the situation. And He will. Again, a hard saying here, Matthew 5, 44, but I say unto you, love your enemies. Oh, that's so opposite of what we want to do. But God says, love them. Pray for them. And God is always right. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. And pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. Wow. Forgiveness. Forgiveness. Be kind to those that do to my enemies. That's what God says. And I'll tell these young guys, I says, the truth of the matter is, guys, God sees everything and everybody's going to give an answer to the Lord. So you don't have to take care of everything that's been done. God will deal with it. A matter of fact, he doesn't want us to deal with it. He wants us to give it over to him. How many times as Christians were told, give it to the Lord, give it to him, release it, turn it over to him. Cause we got to go forward because at the end of the, at the end of the day, I need to take ownership for my actions. 
It's called the law of the harvest. Galatians 6, 7 explains the law. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. So God's going to, he keeps the score. (laughs) I don't need to keep the score. God is the ultimate referee and he sees everything. And he's going to deal with it fairly. So let him deal with it because he says, if, if you, at the end of the day, the law of the harvest is still true for us. What you sow is what you're going to reap. Um, so on a, I want to be careful how I treat others. Cause I'm going to stand before God someday and give an answer. So we need to look to him and I'll tell those youth, I says, you're the one that's sitting in jail today. And some of those people that you've done, they've done so wrong, they don't even know it and they don't even care, but look where you're at. Because there's consequences for bad actions. So learn to give things over to the Lord and let him take care of it. And he does a much better job. Um, Forgiveness is not always easy. At times it feels more painful to forgive the one who wounded us than the wound itself. I get it. Because of our anger. Yet there is no peace for our souls without forgiveness. I'd rather have peace. And we need to go forward. So we need to forgive. So tonight we had just four things. Number one, um, self-control. We need to have self-control. Two, we need to learn to forgive. Um, learn to be at peace with others. And then be patient. God's ultimately going to deal with everything. Learn to give it to him. So anger. Tons and thousands of people, uh, probably millions of people are incarcerated today because of dealing with anger improperly. Saying something you shouldn't have said, doing something you would never have done otherwise. Uh, because you didn't think things through. And so, and again, we're not in jail tonight. I'm not talking to you. None of us are headed to jail, I hope. <laughs> but but, um, but um, what I'm saying is this is what we got to do. These are biblical principles, whether you're in jail or whether you're not. We need to learn these principles because they're God's principles. They're biblical principles. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, again, we're thankful for today. I'm thankful for the opportunity to teach these principles from your word tonight. I pray we could take them and hide them in our hearts. I pray for each one here and maybe they could use these principles um, and apply them. By chance, if there's somebody here that doesn't know you as personal savior, what a beautiful time and wonderful time to come to know you. Um, The Bible, like we said, is, is truth. And the Bible does say that because of our sin, we're separated from God for the wages of sin is death. 
and separation from God, the lake of fire. Not good. But the gift of God is eternal life. Thank God for Jesus. He lived, he died, he was buried, and then he rose again. For us, for our sin, he paid the penalty that I owed for sin, and I'm so thankful. But just because he paid the penalty for our sin doesn't mean we're saved. We must believe, receive Jesus in our hearts and our lives. Put the matter of salvation in his hands and his alone. If you haven't done that, if you'd like to do that, don't put it off. Maybe you're here today and say, Brother Rick, I'm not saved or I'm not sure I'm saved, but I sure would like to get that settled tonight. Salvation, forgiveness of sin, home in heaven. Is there anybody here like that? Would you just let me know by a raise of hand? Is there anybody here like that? I'm not sure, but I want to get that settled. Okay, good. Father in heaven, Lord, we love you today. Help us to apply these principles. Every time I teach them, it's like you're, boy, this is what I need. And I'm thankful for your principles. And help me to apply them. Help help me to live them out. Again, Lord, I pray that you would be with each family represented here. um, Meet their needs. Uh, Again, be with Pastor and Amy. Be with that one who has breast cancer. Meet those needs. And Lord, we just love you and thank you for loving us and dying on the cross. In Jesus' name, amen.